When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Andrew. Hey, Goldberg! I better that talk was a chief, brother. You stop it. No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey everybody, I hate hockey and I don't like kids. I'm Mike, that's Tommy. Hello everyone. That's Kevin. Hey y'all. Welcome to the Quiet Hair Podcast, the definitive Mighty Ducks Podcast. We are back. A little uh, weather hiatus and whatnot, but we are back. We are safe. And uh, a lot of news is popping up here. We've got about a month. We're, we're coming down on the month countdown for Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Um, you know, the... There's screeners going out. Uh, we did not secure one. Um, there was a panel for the Television Critics Association. Um, apparently, I don't know if our um, application to join the association got lost in the mail or what, but uh, we'll figure out why we weren't invited to this panel. But um, yeah, they're doing some PR. They just released another official trailer, two minutes and 41 seconds for this trailer. Uh, just initial thoughts from you, Tommy and Kevin, about this trailer. Well, first off, I have a little housekeeping that I need to uh, make everyone aware of. Mm. Um, so we are recording about an hour after that new trailer dropped. And it's thanks to Kevin's, uh, I guess, shitty internet at his place slash lackadaisical attitude toward work <laughs> that has allowed us to uh, to do this. So really good timing. So Mike, I think you owe Kevin an apology for how much you've uh, blamed him for uh, his yeah. absence and for delays in recording. So let's get that out of the way. Yeah, thank you, Tommy. Thanks for having my back. That's fair. That's fair. I apologize. I um, assumed Kevin was moving up the career ladder and becoming an important piece of his company, but um, he is now at a patio. I believe he just took a drink of um, alcohol. I don't know for got sure. Corona. Got a Corona. Corona. So he can't be that important. Um, so I am sorry. I'm sorry that I thought um, you were a workaholic and that you were um, shirking on your responsibilities to the pot. I see that you are um, the same as ever. And uh, <laughs> other bit of housekeeping, uh, as a lot of the listeners know, we are located in uh, in North Texas. That's where our main studio is. Um, so appreciate the outpouring of support um, during the uh, the winter st- storms. Luckily, the three of us are okay. Our immediate family, we're okay. A lot of people aren't though. So if you can, in some way, volunteer time or money, you know, consider donating um, to that cause. Or if nothing else, um, try to retweet some uh, some causes out there. So just want to to mention that, and uh, maybe we'll get some good karma from that uh, plug there. Yeah, I'll put some links to donate in the show notes. I'll I'll try to find some of the best ones that I know are doing 
um good work and put some links there in the show notes because it is a little wild out there people still don't have water or like clean water and things like that so um yeah anything you can do to help your fellow human i think is good um especially because hey we're um we're just a mighty ducks podcast but we can make a difference too so with that out of the way let's go back to this trailer um just initial thoughts here tommy wait hang on before we get into the trailer okay uh so I, I do want to give a kin update, a kin token update. Oh, kin. Okay, I I was gonna skip past the kin token update, but let's uh, let's do we're it. On, we're on fire, boys. Uh, we're we're up to fifty four dollars. Oh, he's made back like a sixth of what he spent on it. So Kevin, you got to start thinking about what you're gonna do with that money. Yeah. Well, I have to figure out how to sell it. For the problem, it's it's become prohibitive to sell it because. In order to do so, I would have to buy Ethereum to like gas the transaction is like what it's called. Um, and Ethereum has become so expensive, it would cost me like three times as much money to sell this right now than it's worth. So unless it you know keeps rising in value, it's just gonna sit there and do nothing. So what you're saying is you definitely flush three hundred dollars down the toilet. <laughs> Well, I mean, unless it, it, you know, pops to, you know, be worth tens of thousands of dollars at some point. But wouldn't, like, what if Ethereum pops to be worth, like, tens of thousands of dollars, too? Would you have to still buy Ethereum? I, I'm not entirely sure, because I know that they, they're, like, migrating the token off of the Ethereum network. Um, so I don't know if there will be, like, an easier way to, like, exchange them in the future. But... I tried to mess with it the other day, and I was like, okay, this is a bad idea. I'm just going to leave it parked where it is. Well, if anybody has any um, suggestions for Kevin uh, about how he can win back his kin token money, uh, I'm sure he's all ears. Um, I, think we, um, I think we can pitch to Brill for uh, maybe Averman. Like, hey, Averman's character in the future become obsessed with things like kin token and lost it all. So when they bring Averman back in like season two or something, it can be based on Kevin's uh, life story of flushing money down the toilet and taking investment advice from memes. Mm, that's a good point. We can keep it current. Keep uh, Game Changers current with what's going on in the world. We'll uh, differentiate it a little bit from the 90s ducks. I like it. I like it. I feel like that podcast kid would be a good candidate for something like that too. Oh, yeah. He's got some like Dogecoin or something. Uh, but speaking of the podcast kid wait quick question on dogecoin how do you not have any dogecoin don't you have two shiba inus i have one shiba inu um i didn't know what dogecoin was until um probably it was too late and even if when i did know it i don't know how to buy it so uh (laughs) I've, i've stayed out of the game um after witnessing your crash and burn kevin but uh you know, if, if it all comes back, I'll give you another apology. All right. Let's go to what I was trying to go to five minutes ago, this this new Mighty Ducks trailer. Um, your thoughts, Tommy? Um, so we saw like a rough cut of the trailer um, a couple months ago, I guess, when it was um, when it was released. I don't know how long ago it was, but I guess that wasn't the official trailer or something, but 
um, similar elements, but you, you see more about, I guess, the loser nature of these kids getting picked on in school, um, quote unquote freaks, I guess the popular girl calls them, and kind of like the ragtag. And that's something that you didn't really see in D1 with the exception of like one school scene. And so I wonder how much like off the ice time they're going to have. And you got to figure out, you know, you got, you know, eight to 10 episodes or whatever. You can't just all have it hockey related. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was one of my big takeaways. The other one is Bombay saying that he's dedicated his whole life to hockey and he's got nothing to show for it. So he must have crashed and burned after um, D3. So I'm very curious in kind of those two aspects. Those are the two new parts that jumped out to me. Yeah, he he definitely like we got the sense that he was going to be in a rough spot. Um, But I do like that he was like kind of angry at hockey and like that would make sense for his life. And like he. He says that in the trailer at one point, like he's chased it his entire life or something like that. And um, uh, it like it hasn't done anything for him. But uh, I'll put trailer in the show notes, too, obviously. But Kevin, your thoughts. Uh, I was just going to kind of piggyback on that. I, I kind of like the idea that he has like this, like almost like toxic relationship with hockey now. Um, like he like obviously he keeps saying he hates it, but he does still run a hockey rink. Um so he kind of like keeps it at arm's length, but you know doesn't completely remove it from his life because there's obviously some attachment there still. Um, so I think that'll be an interesting thing to kind of see play out. Question: Do we sure. think Charlie Conway is dead? Died too soon, <laughs> and maybe that's why he I, he can't I, get no. attached to these kids anymore. I don't think so because th- that would like completely remove a possible future cameo. Right, that's like a pretty big cameo. Nope. He died and the body was never recovered. <laughs> he comes back. <laughs> he comes back out of nowhere. Um, yeah, so at this panel that uh, Doug called, I'll just do it off the top. Doug called it Joyce at Joyce Inc. 61. She was at this panel. Um, she has a nice thread on the Mighty Ducks panel and kind of what they said at it, a good summary of it. So Doug called to you, Joyce. But uh, at this panel, Brill was sort of cagey on cameos and stuff like that. Obviously, he told us he brought back Seven of the Ducks. Um, it would make sense that Jackson is one of them just because they filmed in Vancouver. And uh, Josh Jackson resides in Vancouver. I don't know if he – well, he's from Vancouver. I don't know if he's lives in L.A. now or what, but – um, it would make sense that he could get to Canada maybe easier than some of these other ducks. So I'm willing to bet episode seven, we see Charlie Conway um, in some form. I wonder if it's like, uh, do you guys remember the movie Bowfinger with Eddie Murphy? Yes. Quick synopsis is um, it's a, a filmmaker. He's kind of down on his luck and they try to get this. Um, they've got this screenplay they're trying to do and they're filming it. And they have a lookalike who looks like this big movie star played by Eddie Murphy. And the lookalike is just a nerdy version of Eddie Murphy. And so a couple of times they just like film the real superstar Eddie Murphy, like leaving a golf club or something like that, going into a restaurant and like shouting lines at him. He's like, what? And so I can imagine them doing that with Conway in Vancouver, just like a drive-by thing, like at his parents' house while he's doing laundry. And it's like, let's get Conway back. And someone just drives by and has a duck call. It's like, Charlie. He goes, what? And then quick cut. And that's how they got Conway back on board. Nice. I would I would appreciate it uh, if they did that, if they went through all that. Um, yeah. Anything else from 
the trailer here. I noticed the Cardinals are back. Um, they were the team in the red. The Hawks, this was pointed out in the last teaser trailer, they have a new sort of uniform. They have uh, blue and orange, which was interesting. Obviously, you got to rebrand from the dark um, Coach Riley days. But, um, yeah, everything else, a lot of the same beats from – so they had – they had a video from Disney investor days that sort of leaked on the internet that wasn't supposed to. And then they had sort of a teaser. Um, and then this is their official trailer. So there was a lot of overlap obviously between the first two and this official trailer. Um, but anything else on the trailer that jumped out of you that was new? Um, uh, the, the podcast kid, uh, as, as far as I can tell, I mean, it seems like he's got some pretty solid, like comedic timing yeah um so I, i'm glad they kind of let him run a little bit or at least it appears that they do uh maybe kind of in that goldberg type vein um but uh it, it was nice to see him get a little bit more screen time um aside from that uh i i guess that was probably the biggest takeaway aside from like the extra little insight we got into bombay mm-hmm so i do think that the the goalie is going to be good so they show somebody throwing like a water bottle at him he just snatches it out of the air so maybe that's the they're like uh saving grace early on before they come together uh but tommy anything else here on the trail yeah that was that was a nice little um shot there of the goalie kind of like you said like swatting away something so yeah he'll be good and maybe that's kind of like whoa we need to get you on our team you know um there was a, a quick shot of a kid on a skateboard going into a vending machine so I'm curious about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is he doing? What was his end goal there? <laughs> so uh, expect a, a future podcast breaking that down. Yeah, he. Uh, it looks like he jumps into the vending machine too. So Yeah, was he I trying don't... to break into it? Because <laughs> it's not like he was trying he to jump over control. it. Because it was next to a wall. Control. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to watch it and figure it out. Um, yeah, so from this panel, just a couple things from, again, our friend Joyce, at Joycing61 on Twitter. Um, so Emilio just eating a lot is going to be a thing. Um, he This is uh, Joyce's tweet is, Emilio on Bombay now, quote, he's hiding out and eating leftover birthday cakes from kids, parties, and pizza. Can confirm Bombay is full bread pit in Ocean's Eleven here. Uh, so he just it seems like he's just going to be keep eating constantly um another tweet from her Amelia loves that bombay is on the show sort of set up as the truth teller in terms of how he relates to not just the parents but the kids in that it's unlikely they'll end up as a pro hockey player um so a little uh reality here which i like uh in in like a kid's sort of show and then brill says that the theme is team is family and the don't bothers which we um we cracked the case. Well, we had a listener send us a video. We didn't really crack the case. We were way off, which is the name of the no, this no. new team. We cracked the case. <laughs> um, but that the Don't Bothers do learn to fly together like the original Ducks. Um, so we'll see. I've been doing some work on the back end. I'm going to try to get us a screener um, and we can sort of share our thoughts with that with you uh, if and when we see that. Uh, we do have sources, though, and we have sources who have seen that screener, and um, some some stuff has come out of that. So uh, Lauren Graham is a well, hold on, pair- okay. 
do we want to be spoiling anything? Oh, interesting. And I think the answer is no. Oh. I think the answer is yes, but... Should we, yeah, we could put like a spoiler alert here. Okay, Just... spoiler alert, and Mike will put in the show notes that uh, you can tune back in at X amount if you if you want to avoid some of these spoilers. Yeah, I mean, there's really like one um, that I haven't spoiled already. There's one where we're like Bombay's eating all the time, essentially. There's some... There's That's in the trailer, though. He's eating a cake. Yeah, and then there's like some you know, throwback lines, but Bombay says that in the trailer too. You know, I, I don't, I hate hockey and I don't like kids. And then uh, Lauren Graham's like, Hey, why are you you in an ice rink? And he's like, yeah. Uh, But the, I guess the, the one spoiler slash Easter egg. So if you don't want to hear it, skip ahead, like, I don't know, a minute um, is that Lauren Graham's character is a paralegal for a law firm under the name of dan ducksworth so some sort of relative um to the ducksworth uh fortune i guess or the ducksworth uh, legacy so interesting times i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of that um but yeah it's it's the reviews are, are that it's you know it's a pilot and it's mighty ducks and it's kind of what you expect so uh we'll see uh, once we get going, I think once we get deeper into the series is really when it's going to either be good or um, be bad. <laughs> so we shall see. Um, anything else? I think Oh, one thing I wanted to mention, I was trying to think about, you know, how we deal with the, you know, these things are going to come out on Friday. And uh, maybe we, we pop out the episodes on a Monday. I was thinking maybe Friday night for our producers i just have like a quick thoughts emails that i'll send out to anybody who is a monthly uh donor or or has donated um a a decent amount just in in the one time um i'll get your email send you kind of my thoughts just as a a bonus for being a producer being an executive producer so uh, we appreciate you and um yeah i'll give you the friday thoughts before we record and have sort of a more formal episode uh, but yeah, we're still trying to figure out how we um, really tackle 10 weeks of this because it is almost certainly going to be week to week at this point. That's sort of Disney Plus's whole jam at this point. So we'll see. But um, anything else before we move on here? Wait, do it'll be re- released Friday nights or like Thursday like, or like midnight on Friday so so i mean if you do that's how mandalorian was right like it would come out like at midnight on friday right midnight yeah i mean thursday night into friday yeah Uh, yeah which is how they're doing wandavision and things like that so um it says premieres march 26 i'm sure it's gonna be available march 26 um so there you go i'm looking forward to it we're a month away now um so let's sort of take a short break here and then we can uh, move on as we go to our next topic another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are back. And uh, now we've got to follow up on our previous episode here. Um, so last episode, uh, which was a while ago now, I'm not going to lie. But uh, we talked about the best and worst kids sports movies. A lot of debate about what constituted a kids sports movie. Um, there's still, I feel like, a lot of debate. Um, so I took out all sequels and I did a Kevin suggestion about um, only plays that had the genre of family uh, attached to them on IMDb. Uh, you can also do a search, by the way, for I did a search for the genre of family and sport and full-length feature films. There was like 403 of them. But a lot of them were uh, things that I would not consider part of this. Things like uh, Field of Dreams or Cars. Um, but then there were some that like are, I don't know. I could be maybe talked into something like Space Jam. Like I think it. the question is mainly, is it a kid like for our purposes is it a kid's sports movies if the sports going on are played by adults so i vote, I vote yes so it's well space jam i, do, I don't think qualifies because there are no kids right um except for michael but jordan's it's a, kids. but it's a movie made about sports for kids well uh it's it's more of a movie about life really <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well of course um but like angels in the outfield it's like it's all adults playing but the the main character is of course a kid and it's his relationship with the angels and so right. you can argue this is a kid's sports movie space jam although it is a family movie it is like i mean how many times are is like you know elmer fudd traveling during that game right you know that's not a sports movie you know and it's a family movie. It's like that one, I think, is an easy like, no. Okay. And also, we, I, we talked I, about... I, I disagree with that. But... You think Space Jam is a sports movie, like a kid's sports yeah, movie, I'm like in the same vein of like the Big Green. Yes. I think it's, it's a different sort of uh, category of kid's sports movie. Like, I think there's like the kid's sports movies of the kids playing sports, and then there's other movies that are sports movies that are made for kids um so I yeah think i think it's it's just very different I, I wouldn't include this as like the kids sports movies genre that we're going for you know just like field of dreams is like an incredible sports family movie right but that's not the same thing right but it, right. I, yeah that, that one is kind of weird that it ended up falling in this category that one you, seems you, like you would argue it's probably the best if it were like the crossover <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and i took out all animated movies too because there's a lot of animated movies on imdb um but there, there are some crazy ones. Um, I recommend anybody watch the trailer for a movie called Shaolin Soccer. Yeah, um, I remember when that came out. I never yeah. saw it, but I remember being intrigued. Yeah, it's like Dragon Ball Z, but like real action and um, soccer. Like they like float in the air and kick the balls and it like explodes on people. It's crazy. Uh, but did not make the list because it was played by all adults. Um, but there's lots of... Lots of um, good nuggets in there. Um, Kevin, did you ever see uh, a movie called... Um, oh, I don't remember the name of it. But it had Kevin Durant in it after his rookie year. And he 
the the basic story is he meets a fan who is terrible at basketball and they both touch this like spiritual basketball and the fan gets all of kevin durant's skills and kevin durant sucks so is it thunderstruck thunderstruck kind of like space jam but in reverse almost well it's like like mike where like mike and space jam yeah yeah so we have um we have some of those in there uh, but I would not say this is the most like I, this is a pretty exhaustive list, but I will not say it's the most exhaustive list. So um, do we want to do top 10 or bottom 10 first? Uh, let's 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 do bottom 10 first and then we'll, we'll close with the top 10. Yeah. All right. Bottom 10. So coming in at number 10 is a movie called Ready to Run. Uh not much to go on there. I don't remember it. it. There's like 40 fucking movies on this thing. Um, Kicking and Screaming, Will Ferrell movie coming that, in. That's like a bottom? I, I don't know. Maybe I haven't seen that in a really long time, but. Yeah, I mean, there's a big chunk in the middle. There's no, like, we start getting really into the dregs. I would say the top five are the dregs. Um, number nine, Perfect Game, the Tom, the movie Tommy talked about last time. Uh, average rating between Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb of a 48. Um, and then we we take a bit of a drop here to Soccer Dog, the movie. Uh, basically, Air Bud, uh, uh, sort of same vein as Air Bud, um, a movie called Rebound. Wait, I, is that I Martin talk Lawrence? About, yes. I want to uh, talk about the discrepancy from Rotten Tomatoes to IMDb for Soccer Dog, the movie. <laughs> Like yeah. Rotten Tomatoes at the sixty-one, and on IMDb it's thirty. Yeah, so the Rotten Tomatoes audience just, I guess, loves Soccer Dog the movie because I take the audience scores. I don't take the credit scores. Um, I feel like there are probably more people on Rotten Tomatoes that like like movies ironically than than on IMDb. Like IMDb people are just like strictly rating it as a movie, but Rotten Tomatoes like it's, well, they they kind of like help determine like the cult classics that are like you know the bad movies that people love. Well, I wonder, like, you'd look, I have to look at, like, Top Critics or something in Rotten Tomatoes for this. Like, because Top Critics, I'm sure, like, a Top Critic maybe even, never even saw this movie. Yeah, I mean, some of the, some of these movies don't have critic scores. So that's why I take the audience scores, um, because all these movies have audience scores. Um, So that is what, and the audience, you know, is I feel like a better representation of what we're looking for here. Uh, Mighty Ducks got like a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's uh, audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is 65. So better. Um, yeah, so then we go to Rebound uh, and Airbud tied uh, for fifth at uh, 45 on their average. And then we get this big drop. We get a four and a half point drop to Most Valuable Primate. Uh, we talked about this last episode. Uh, the monkey playing hockey. Uh, I implore you to watch the trailer. Um, Tommy texted me after and said it was. Uh, let me see if I can find that text uh, because it was uh, quite funny. But as we go on, we move on to um, the main event is number three. So this came out in 2020. And. It is essentially a marketing thing for the WWE. This 11-year-old kid finds a, a like enchanted wrestling mask 
and then becomes enters a contest be, to become the next WWE superstar. So yeah, uh, the the text Tommy sent. Oh my fucking god! I just watched the trailer for MVP Most Valuable Trimate. So terrible. First of all, I said primate, not trimate. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, it is like. <laughs> I mean, when this pandemic is over, we're going to have like a, we're going to watch this. We're going to get a 30 pack of beer and just watch this <laughs> and it'll be great. And then move on. Get some, get some of that MGD. Oh yeah. Some of Tommy's <laughs> favorite MGD. And then we take another four and a half point drop to boys club. The, the basketball movie we talked about before. So I, you should like watch this trailer too, because as many people in, in the IMDb review realm have pointed out, like the sound is off and the filming is off. It's like super low, low budget. And it was made in like 2001. So it just is like, looks weird. Um, it all, it does have ham from the Sandlot playing like a middle schooler when he's like and 25. Bo Bridges. Yeah. And then again, home team comes in with a 26 average, uh, Again, Steve Gutenberg's soccer movie that's not The Big Green. Uh, this came out a few years after The Big Green, so I guess he was trying to capitalize on that success. Uh, but yeah, terrible. Uh, I, I, you guys should just watch it for fun. Any issues with this bottom ten? Anything you think we should take out that does not qualify, or anything like that? I think they all qualify. Uh, I was a little surprised to see rebound in that bottom ten. But I'm actually trying to think back if I ever saw it or just saw the trailer. Um, maybe it was just came out like this is the same movie that's been done, except it's got Martin Lawrence in it. <laughs> yeah. So he's like a hot shot. I just watched this trailer before the episode. Uh, oh, just, I do kind of remember this trailer. Yeah. He's a hot shot college coach. And he ends up like throwing a tantrum on the sideline and kicking a ball and it hits the live Hawk mascot and kills the Hawk. And then he gets banned and has to coach a JV team or a junior high team instead. Um, and obviously the Mighty Ducks beats go on from there. The only uh, thing I really remember from that trailer is that he puts icy hot under their arms to get them to keep their hands up. Mm. Play defense. <laughs> there you go. Stuck with me. Technique. <laughs> All right. And then number 10, I think this this 10 is pretty good with a few exceptions uh, in terms of the top 10 here. So uh, coming in at number 10, uh, Johnny Tsunami. I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised to see it this high. Um, I mean, I, 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 of course, loved that movie, but I don't know. It just seems like most of those like Disney movies. Uh, well, I don't know. I guess we, we've got some others in here that are kind of in that same vein. So. I think um, a lot of these Disney movies are ones that probably like these all came out like in the nineties. Right. Right. And so we all watch them. And then, you know, five, six years later when we're in high school and then later on we go to college and like IMDb, you first stumble upon it. And then all these people who was like, Oh, I watched this as a kid. It was great. I'm going to give it that a nine. Yeah. And so some of the nostalgia factor playing in there from these nineties Disney movies, just because the ones that like, the ones that are good are like so much better than the shitty ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number nine, Little Giants. Classic. Classic. Uh, number eight, H-E Double Hockey Sticks. Number seven, Mighty Ducks. Number six, Going to the Mat, which is probably a little too high. It's about a, a wrestler, uh, a Disney Channel movie. 
from what I remember, it was okay, but it it hasn't really not nothing about the plot has stuck with me. I mean, anything with the Lawrence with the Lawrence brother in it, you know. <laughs> Uh, moving on, number five, motocross. We talked about this in the last episode. Um, and then we go to number four. Um, and the top four, I think, are pretty solid. Brink at number four. Love Brink. Maybe a little high for Brink, yeah. uh, but still. Classic. Uh, Bad News Bears at number three. That, this is the original Bad News Bears, yes. Correct. Correct. The PG, the PG Bad News Bears. The remake was PG-13. Um, number two. Karate Kid, and then number one by a large margin actually is the Sandlot. Sandlot, eighty nine on Rotten Tomatoes, seventy eight on IMDb, or seven point eight on IMDb, with an average eighty three point five. It's only movie to go into the eighties. So, um, any qualms with these top ten here? I think like the top three, it's pretty tough to argue with. And if anyone wanted to put something else in the top three, it's mostly personal preference. I think, you know, we talked a lot about Remember the Titans and it's like, it's not like, is it a sports movie? It's, you know, um, if Remember the Titans was on this list, it would be top five for sure. Right. But I think it pure like sports movies, like The Sandlot is number one. It's sports, it's charming, it's family, you know, it's just good. Bad News Bears is like the epitome of like, that's the first one, that's the genre. And it's and it's good also, you know, Walter Mouth. Walter Matthau, Karate Kid also is, I think that's the one that might be like, okay, because it's like a unique sport, it's not your team sport, you could maybe argue semantics there, but I think those are the three, like, you know, those are on the, your podium right there, and like, it's hard to argue against anything, but I think there's like good debate for four and five. I I want to talk a little bit about some of the some of the movies that almost made it into the top ten. Sure. Um, that are absurd but that i love uh like surf ninjas being number 14 is insane but <laughs> like that has to be one of the craziest movies ever also i would not call it a sports movie because it like they're like learning karate from their grandpa and then fighting crime basically like i mean I that's know. what three ninjas do <laughs> i guess yeah um but surf ninjas being that high is amazing to me um uh like mike being better than so this is like also looking at the ones that we didn't talk about but like mike is is better rated than uh oh no sorry no it isn't um i was i was reversed but angels in the outfield is like number 25 but alley cat strike is one spot above it and i was like that's <laughs> yeah that's yeah, a stretch I'm, I'm surprised angels in the outfield is so much lower um also and i i, I think too this is just because like these are movies that like tommy and i love but like Little Big League and Rookie of the Year being this low are, seems kind of weird. Like, there's no fucking way in hell that Luck of the Irish should be better than Rookie of the Year or or uh, Angels in the Outfield. Like, that's insane. Yeah, I agree. I think that also gets like the the rose colored, you know, Disney yeah. original. It's like it's. I remember that being the first like Disney movie like of those kind that I watched when I realized I was too old for those movies. <laughs> like, I just remember that one in, um, what's the twin one where they like double cross, double, double teamed. teamed. The um, double teamed is on there. And that's like number 14 on yeah. the list. So I just remember watching those and being like, okay, I think it's time for me to stop watching these <laughs> ridiculous Disney movies because they just weren't good by that age that I was at. So maybe those ones just missed me. And, 
I don't have those like rose-colored glasses for those, but I do find it funny that they're so much higher than these ones that like Tommy and I probably quote like on a daily basis. Yeah, Big Green being uh, the eleventh worst was a big blow to me, but uh, you got to go with the numbers. Um, yeah. So there you go. I, I, I feel like we could even uh, refine this even more if we get some sort of voting mechanism in uh, where the Quackalites can pick, hey, which movie is better. Uh, but that seems like a lot of work, something I may or may not do. I don't want to commit myself to um, that kind of stuff. Um, anything else here on the, the follow-up to these best sports movies? Uh, not that I can think of. I, I still have some qualms with like excluding things like Space Jam, but whatever. I guess I'll acknowledge a Space Jam. Yeah, it's a sports movie, but it's it's just like so. And I'm not I'm not gonna pretend that Airbud is realistic, but it's like <laughs> it, it's difficult. If we wanted to rank like all sports movies, like if sports is a central theme, we could. <laughs> and then I mean, then you get into like the Hoosiers of the world and right. yeah, then we're just, yeah, then we're just ranking sports movies, which, you know, there's probably a billion lists out there that do that. Yeah. All right. Well, the quiet lights can tell us uh, their thoughts and if they have any ideas on how to make this list better, let me know. Uh, I, I, I do think, um, what's one of these movies on here that is just rated as really bad that you guys actually enjoy. And I guess Kevin is yours kicking and screaming. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I mean, I remember like, um, I think, I guess Airbud being solo, maybe. I, just, I mean, yeah. I know it's like cheesy and like the premise is pretty stupid, but it's like I just remember that being like a very prominent movie of my childhood. Um, I think maybe because it spawned so probably, many. Sequels. I don't know. Maybe the. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the the biggest surprise I think is Angels in the Outfield being so low. Yeah, and that was also like heartfelt. Like it's hard not to like get goosebumps and when the entire he's stadium got a great cast and like like that cast is like a who's who of like future and current stars. It's got how like, many Oscar winners in it? At least two. Yeah, um, the, the Adrian Brody the, and Matthew McConaughey. Well, and the kid. Um, Joseph like, Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't win an Oscar, did he? He's definitely been nominated. I think. I guess I can literally look it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Angels in the Outfield, uh, 25th on the list out of 40. Um, again, like I said, Big Green uh, ranked 29th out of 40. I think it still holds up. Like, it's just a great, fun movie. Um, let's see. What else is out there? Uh, I know there's a lot of love for Luck of the Irish. Luck of the Irish comes in at, at uh, 17th. Miracle in Lane 2 with Frankie Muniz. I remember seeing that and liking that. That's all the way down at uh, 28. Is that the Soapbox Derby one? Right. But, again, Quack Lights, if you guys have any uh, suggestions on how to make the list better or any movies that are not on this list, uh list will obviously be in the show notes. Let us know. We'll add to it and update it and um yeah try to try to nail this down once and for all other than that tommy did you figure out if joseph gordon levitt was an oscar winner no and he's not even a nominee he has been nominated for two golden globes though can you guys name the two movies 
Uh, 500 days of summer? Yes, that's one. Oh. Inception? That's not one. I have no idea. I, I, I don't really know enough of his movies. The other one is 50-50. And so my hypothesis, that's with Seth Rogen where like he's got cancer. Um, 50-50 chance to survive. And so 2010, he did 500 Days of Summer. 2012, did 50-50. So he needs to do a movie that starts with the number five. Yep. And mm. then he'll get nominated again. Reach out My, to his agent. And yeah, yeah. We'll just pitch him some ideas. Yeah. We have contacts in the biz now. So uh, I'll reach out and see what I can fit, find. Uh, other than that, thanks to our t- producers, executive producers, Elsie Barnett, Brian Berg, Alex Yabara, Josh Licht, and Bobby Lemaire. Our other producers, Deborah Chen, Jeremiah Bershey, Adam Ferry, Joyce Ng, Jared Beasley, Lisa Wobeck, Anthony Geoffrey, Jeff Fantas, and Matt Holtwick. Again, if you want to... Wait, wait. I think you're... Did you say Stevie Yanks? Stevie Yanks has not been a producer. He, Yeah, he definitely sent us money. Maybe he just sent you money and you didn't tell us. No, I sent it to you, Mike. All right, Stevie Yanks. He sent us $25. All right, Stevie Yanks. Which Kevin has promptly spent on Kin Token <laughs> for Magic Beans. Uh, yeah. Kevin is is hiding this twenty five dollars from me, uh, but yeah, that called a Stevie Yanks for being a producer and just just a great uh, part of the show and a part of our lives. Uh, other than that, you can find us on Twitter at QuakeTechPod, fa- Facebook dot com slash QuakeTechPod. Go to iTunes, give us five stars, tell us what you think of this Mighty Ducks Game Changers trailer, and um, you know what you think is to come. And remember. Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. The quack dick is back, Jack. Oh yeah. Uh, maybe I did forget to send that to you. I, I, I think I'm. <laughs> After I was, I was like, praising you at the beginning of this episode, Kevin. <laughs>